Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nettling, and I'm coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring gifts or guests and topics that will empower you to take your business or your life to the next level. Today, I am very excited to talk with Alara Sage. And let me tell you a little bit about Alara. She is here to reignite the power of the woman. It, this isn't feminism. This is rethinking and reframing of what means to be a woman. It's juicy, orgasmic, and powerful. She works with female leaders, visionaries, and creatives who are highly successful, but feel unfulfilled in life and disconnected from their true radiance. She helps them unlock their power, orgasm, and authenticity for a deeply fulfilling and nourishing life without sacrifice. She is intuitively gifted mentor teacher, and healer who coaches proactively and soulfully. She has over 15 years of experience helping others reignite and transform their lives. Most importantly, she has walked the walk. Our theme today is the truth about relationships that nobody talks about. Please join me in welcoming Alara Sage. Hello, Alara. Hi, Vicki. Thank you so much. And it's pronounced Alara. Alara. Very yes. good. Thank you so much. So and as I was telling Alara, the unique thing about her is that my maiden last name is the same as her last name. And I don't believe we're related at all, but it's so cool. All right. So I always start with a very easy question. And that question is, what part of the country do you call home? Currently, I am living in Northern California outside of Sacramento in the foothills. I live in a town called Cool, C-O-O-L. <laughs> that is too cool. <laughs> and, and I, you know, I spent a lot of time in California um, during my career at UPS, as well as a Toastmaster region advisor, but it was mostly um, Southern California Um one of my projects or one of my assignments was two years up that coast, but I don't believe I ever visited cool California. <laughs> I love that. Have to add it to my list. All right. So just getting right into this, the truth about relationships that nobody talks about. So whenever I was watching one of your podcasts, um, you talked a little bit about playfulness. And, and I know some of the themes that you have that we could have talked about were, were how playfulness, 
helps leaders. So uh, what does playfulness do to open those creative juices, that potential that we have locked inside of us? Yeah. Playfulness is this extraordinary energy that, you know, nobody really talks about, right? (laughs) I often find that most adults don't even really know what it is. And for leaders, myself being one, it's, it can become just another thing to tick off of your list of things to do. (laughs) But playfulness is extraordinary. What it does is it unlocks what I call the three creator centers. So that are, those are our chakras. The first one being our sacral chakra, which is below our belly button, our heart chakra, and our third eye chakra in the center Mm -hmm. of our forehead. And, you know, our sacral chakra is the chakra that governs our power. And it is the chakra that governs our energy to connect to the moment, Mm -hmm. to the circumstance, to the emotions to what we're feeling and experiencing to others. Mm. And it's also the space of our creativity. Mm. So when we're playful, we're opening up that sacral chakra because we're present in the moment. Like when you think of playfulness, it's really easy to look at little children. And when they are playful, they are just immersed Mm. in the moment So it allows us to come fully into the present moment, which really opens up our power, opens up our vulnerability, our ability to connect and our creativity. And then in the heart center, this is, you know, of course, our space of love, but also our space of joy, our space of compassion, and it's our connection to our soul. And so our heart's desires, the things that we're here in this life to really accomplish and to learn and to grow through are located in our heart. So when we're in a playful state of being, we are in a state of joy. Our heart is open and we're more available to those innate desires of our life and our soul. And lastly, our pineal gland is the chakra that both receives information, which is energy and information in the form of light. And it also projects information. Mm. So, you know, we all know about the imagination and the imagination Mm. is such a powerful tool Mm. to create our reality. Because when we're imagining, we're literally casting like a projector, we're casting that image (laughs) onto the movie screen of our reality. So when we're playful, we're imaginative, our minds are open, we're able to be visionaries able to receive the information of visionary and literally cast it into our experience you know as you were talking about that it reminded me and again thinking about the leadership piece one of the best ways that um whenever i would train people is is to have them do role play and to totally um, allow themselves give themselves permission to be as playful as possible to enact that situation. And for a lot, it's very difficult to do that, to, um, to truly give themselves or accept that they, they should just be whatever is asked of them to do. And recently I did some training with, for speaking and we did improv 
And the same thing, you can totally be, have fun with that and be, and you do just, all of the creativity comes out if you just let it. If you just say, here I am, let me just do this. And who cares what people think? So um, what is the key though, to be uh, finding fulfillment in life? And I think in these last several years, people have been thinking a lot about that and questioning whether their lives truly were fulfilled. This comes into our topic today about the truth about relationships. The interesting thing that nobody talks about and the bomb that I always enjoy dropping is the relationship always really deeply starts with ourself. It's very easy in humanity to point our fingers outside of ourselves. We love to point fingers at the government. We love to point fingers at whoever is triggering us. Yeah. However, the truth is, as a, we're the ones carrying around whatever wound is simply being poked by that person, by that agency, by that organization, by that moment. Mm-hmm. And when we start to really turn that awareness back on ourselves and say, wow, I'm the one first and foremost, that really has the wound that can even be poked Hmm. because the more you learn to heal your own triggers, you get poked less and less Hmm. and you actually grow immensely in compassion for others. And when you're willing to look at those wounds and willing to connect with yourself, this is what I teach women. I teach them to connect to their wombs, Mm. to connect to their sexual power, to connect to their wisdom. You know, women are wise. That is, that is the, we are the carers, the bearers of wisdom. We hold a lot of wisdom in our bodies. And when we learn how to connect to those parts of ourselves and have conversation with ourselves, when we're willing to be vulnerable with ourselves, because that too starts here, then our world changes. Our relationships mirror that relationship with the self, our careers, our businesses, everything around us starts to shift because we are literally the center of our own universe. How many people could say that they're the center of somebody else's universe? You really just can't be because when you're by yourself, you're you're by yourself. And while we can love on people and be a part of their reality, we're the center of our own human life. That is, is so true. And I think um, there are times whenever I was younger that some of the people that I hung out with always needed to have things going on around them, you know, needed to go to places that were noisy and busy. And even, even the people having trouble sleeping without noise. It always surprised me. For me, I love the quiet. And, and I used to attend, attribute it to the fact that I was one of seven kids and um, the second of the oldest. And so I enjoyed finding time to be alone and quiet. And I think that's why I like to take walks so much. But 
it is a, a somewhat of a I guess a a problem maybe I don't know a, a challenge for some people to really be alone with themselves yes and that's where we find that fulfillment because when we are alone with ourselves, we are able to really listen in here yeah. and initially it can be uncomfortable because initially what do we hear you know initially we hear the inner critic yeah initially we hear whoever it was in our life as we grew up as a child who was negative or didn't like the way that we did something. And we took that on in our nervous system. Mm -hmm. So we hear that judgment. We even can potentially hear self-hatred. Mm -hmm. And again, when we're truly willing to be vulnerable with that aspect of ourself that is in self-judgment, mm -hmm. that's where the real transformation really takes place. Because as you move through that resistance that we've created that judgment that criticism mm -hmm. into that shame and in through that guilt what we find is ourself like the mm -hmm. most authentic truest part of ourselves that when we find that part of ourselves it feels like coming home mm -hmm. and everything you start to create from that point feels like you mm. everything you're creating your life your world whether that's your business whether that's in your career whether that's with your family everything has this essence of you in your purest most innocent yet powerful creative mm. alive version and that is extraordinarily fulfilling then the process of living becomes fulfilling rather than some goal that we always have to reach. And then, all right, that's done. Now what's mm -hmm. the next thing? Now what's the next thing? What's the next thing? That's all created from that void of knowing yourself. So is the process for some people that you work with more difficult to, to get to that point? I would imagine that it's, has a lot to do with the baggage that we bring through our lives that um, maybe that we don't even know. You know, I always say that um, there, we are definitely onions with a lot of layers to peel sometimes away. Absolutely. And, you know, the one thing that we often don't even think about is we are generational and generational information is passed down through genetics. Mm -hmm. And so we carry things that when we find them energetically in the body, because that's what I assist my clients doing is finding these, these pockets of shame, you know, these belief structures in, in their bodies. When mm -hmm. we find them, some of them are kind of astonishing because they doesn't correlate with this life per se directly. The story doesn't, but then actually, as they look at the energy, they see how that particular genetic uh, ancestral energy that was passed down to them actually partially recreated it that mm. in, in their life. Oh my goodness. So has someone, um, or how does someone move from a performance mindset into this pleasure mindset 
Yeah. So again, this is coming back to this, this fulfillment and this relationship with ourself, because we've been taught that our worth, our value is based on our performance, what we, mm-hmm. what we do, how successful we are. And, you know, that's all brilliant. Like by all means, I create a lot. Like this isn't about throwing away doing this is about reconnecting Mm. right to the why why are we doing all of this and so when your why turns from because deep down inside i have to do this in order to feel valuable and worthy yeah that doesn't feel good when that shifts to why am i doing this because i am so lit with my own creative life force energy i literally don't want to stop it. It's flowing Mm. out of me and it lights me up. It's that passion, right? Mm. It's, it's being lit from the inside out. I'm so joyous. I am so ecstatic through this process of creating my life and my reality. So again, it takes that shift back to ourselves. Why am I doing this? And where am I really resisting my own true authentic self and and i i i would think that a person who has achieved that as they walk into a room it must almost be like an aura that radiates that there's that magnetism that that captivation that that we think about that just draws you to that person absolutely and I mean, I love that you say that because that's 100% what happens. Strangers are attracted to you, not in a negative way, but in, in kind of like an awe way. They don't quite understand what they're seeing or feeling, but they can, they feel that there is something that you are connected to that must feel really good because you're, you're just simply radiating. And, you know, even more profound is you know, we are vibrational beings you know, the universe is created from sound. And when we are vibrating at that mm-hmm. space of authenticity and aliveness, mm-hmm. the amount of synchronicity, the amount of things that line up for you in such beautiful ways is so incredibly magical. Mm-hmm. And, you know, life really is here to assist us, to support us, to serve us when we're in alignment for it to flow easily through us. So I often talk to folks when I'm trying to help them in their speaking about the importance of allowing themselves to be vulnerable, but what is vulnerability to you? I always love this question because my answer is very in coherence with this title today. To me, vulnerability has nothing to do with other people. Yeah. That's what we think it has to do with. And the reason we think it has to do with other people is because once again, we aren't fully honoring our authentic self. Mm. We are hiding a part of ourselves away and we're kind of showing little bits of ourselves and going to the world. Well, what do you think about that? Is that okay? Because Mm. we're not in a full level of self love and self-acceptance when you come back home to yourself vulnerability outside of yourself 
is so incredibly natural Mm -hmm. and easy and joyous because no longer are you trying to hide away a part of you. You know, this happens at a very young age when I work with women, just naturally, organically tends to go from three to six years of age, those early parts of our childhood where we were coming out of being a toddler, right? Coming into like being a young child. And that's when our emotional body is starting to become, uh, starting to build itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we call the twos, the terrible twos, which is just so explanatory, in my opinion, of how we have understood emotion and intense expression, right? And so our generation, my generation, your generation, you know, those years we weren't given full throttle to express emotionally and be our authentic self. We were often, you know, kind of held down and like, well, let's be quiet and let's not do that or go to your room or knock it off. And so what we learned is, wow, this me is not, is not okay. Like that, that's not okay. And we rejected that part of ourselves. So that's coming home that I speak to is reintegrating that little you that has felt rejected and has felt not accepted. And again, when that happens, vulnerability totally shifts from the inside out. It's, it's funny. Whenever you talk about that, one of my talks that I do, I bring up how my youngest who was, had so much joy for her first four years. I mean, she was no fear, just laughed at anything. She just was just wonderful. So fun to be around and and her own person. And she had her own mind about what she wanted to do. And in her preschool, she was in a ballet group as um, all of the kids had to be participating and they did a performance for the families and she had her little tutu on and she's going around and they had this dance where they, the last, one of the last dances where they just made this line and they were going in a circle, dancing in a circle. And she was at the end <laughs> and she was holding on to that last girl, but she was going a whole lot faster than anyone else and kind of whipping the people around. And uh, the teacher grabbed her and took her out of the line during the performance and you just saw her confusion and an embarrassment then and uh and that changed her yeah that's an incredible example yeah we're just little sponges at that age and something like that is it it really impacts us sure does so yeah i always say you know that when i look at the video because i do have a video of that performance. It saddens me all the time and uh, forever, you know, trying to, to uh, be sure that other kids don't have that when I work with them. So let's talk a little bit about the sexual magic and how we can access it. It's such a hot topic, like hot sizzle, right? Uh, and it's, you know, just, it's a very big concept, but I like to bring it in because I like to change, um, our understanding around sexual energy. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, our sexual energy is, is part of our Kundalini Shakti, which is our creative life force energy. So mm. all sexual energy is creative life force energy, not all creative life force energy, the sexual energy. Okay. And so when we see it like that, when we think of our sexual energy as creative life force energy, it it gives us a little bit more permission to be playful with it. Right. Mm -hmm. And to just think of it outside of the context of sex, mm -hmm. because you can engage in your sexual energy. You can light up your sexual energy. You can play with your sexual energy and absolutely create with your sexual energy mm -hmm. without ever engaging sexually. And so I teach this to women because women particularly, we have really been, you know, again, over the generations, yeah. just been taught, like suppress that, you know, it's not, not safe. It's not okay. Um, mm -hmm. You know, for me, I was sexually abused by my grandfather who was very close to the family. So I had misconstrued, you know, sex and love and, you know, what that means to me mm -hmm. and what that means to men that are close to me. And there's so many different ways that we are distorted yeah. in our, in our sexual power. Mm -hmm. So sexual magic is, is first off the willingness to own that energy in ourselves again and release any and all shame that we may be holding around the conversation of sexual magic, sexual power, sex, sex in general, right? Any shame around our uh, sexual organs and really, again, co-creating this relationship with ourselves mm -hmm. back to this the truth is, you know, that this is, this is how you create is, is through your own energy and your own power. Mm -hmm. So when you come back into a relationship with that, it's really magical. And I want to tell all women this, cause this is so, so important. The fountain of youth, my love is your sexual energy. <laughs> and when you like, just crack that open, you literally change. I have pictures of myself how much I have changed uh, from the inside out mm -hmm. after recreating the relationship with my sexual energy. And it lights me up to know that, that we have that power inside, no matter what, you know, whether you're uh, menstruating, perimenopause, you know, postmenopause, it doesn't matter because even actually postmenopausal, you actually even have more access to your sexual power. Uh, but regardless, we have access to that and we can reawaken that to really drink from the elixir of mm. our own personal power and aliveness. That is so cool. <laughs> Being somebody in that latter piece. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so what steps should, um, how, how can we experience this, a uh, deep, an intimate uh, connection with ourselves and with others. So first and always, it is the willingness that that intention from the heart yeah. that we want to come back to ourselves, mm -hmm. that we are tired of the external reality and what it 
always seems to kind of pretend to offer and then it falls flat, right? Mm. So that willingness, and it's amazing what we can do with willingness, the willingness to find ourselves again. So first is is that willingness, that desire to reconnect with yourself. Mm. And then I teach what's called the four keys of embodiment. And so the first one is, is presence, the willingness, the availability to be here now, mm-hmm. right? Just bring your awareness to your body. Your body is always in the moment. And then you're, you know, working towards being in presence. That's mm-hmm. the first key. Yeah. The second key is the breath. Breathing into your body. This connects your chakras. It connects your conscious mm-hmm. and your subconscious mind. It um, massages your vagus nerve and your nervous system. So breathing into your body, breathing with your awareness down to your womb. Breath is so powerful to re-engage with ourselves. The third key is expression, which you understand, don't you, Vicki? I do, I do. (laughs) The power of our own voice. I love to say to myself, you have permission. I say the you form, you have permission to love yourself, to be playful. You have permission. It's literally saying that out loud to yourself. Mm-hmm. When we use the you form, it gives us a little bit more availability than I yeah. we say to ourselves, you. So speak to yourself. You are beautiful. You are amazing. I see you. I love you. Whatever your capacity is, speak here to yourself because your voice, oh, it lights your heart on fire. Mm-hmm. Absolutely and, does. And then, yes. And then the last one is movement. When we oh, yeah. just as Vicky so wonderfully put, go on a walk, just move, just even if we sway and we just feel into our bodies, this beautiful rhythmic sway. It has this way of igniting that wisdom, that feminine within us. I think so those are my four keys. That reminds me of being a mom and a grandmother and, um, and having that swaying to calm a baby. And uh, you find yourself in situations where you're all alone and swank <laughs> because it's calming to you too. And it, and if you think of it, whenever you're stressed, because the baby is stressed, you need, both of you need to calm and, and it does work. So um, movement is just so important. I love so much that you brought that up because I've never correlated that with movement. And yet that's exactly what I experienced after having my boys. Yeah. Does I just be standing in the bank line? Yeah, that's right. Back and forth. And the first few times it happened, I was kind of like, oh, why am I doing this? And then I thought, well, actually this feels really good. So I'm just going to keep doing it. <laughs> I, know. I know. I'm 65 and I do it from time to time as well, because it does, it just calms you down. And, and you didn't, and sometimes you didn't even know that you were really experiencing a, a stress or a anxiety. And yet your body just naturally started to do that. And that's pretty interesting. Yes. The wisdom, our body is so incredibly wise. So I love that. And I invite all the listeners, specifically those who have 
had children and understand what we're speaking to, to, to let yourself do that. And if you ever haven't had children, just maybe try it. You know, yeah. if you're ever just bored, you're standing in line of somewhere, or you just feel that sense. Maybe you hear Vicky's voice in your head and you remember, just mm. try it. The other piece in, in terms of calming too, is um, I shush my babies to sleep, but it's, it really, again, I think is a calming thing for both because your mind is just thinking of that shh, 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 and it, it does calm you down. And, you know, I can make babies go to sleep really quickly just by my voice. And, uh, and so people need to understand that. So uh, one of the methods that I have whenever I have to go to sleep and, and my mind has a hundred million things going on. I'll just say zero, 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 <laughs> just over and over. Cause all I'm thinking of is zero and, um, and it allows my, my mind to stop trying to work. You know, we're, we're out of that you're in training yourself yeah we're out, we're out of business we're we're closed for the day <laughs> <laughs> it's time now for us to do just I only have one rapid fire we had a lot of things going on today so um what's um coming up next for you what do you have going on that we need to know about well I am launching a podcast hey called the ecstatic woman and, oh, and awesome. i'm also um writing a book so there's a lot coming up for yeah. me <laughs> so what's the book going to be called do you have a title yet i don't yeah. i am going i've been called to mount shasta by my intuition and i'm going to go for a month i've had the book cultivating in my space and but i'm just going in a state of surrender so yeah, we will see it might not right. even be the book that i think it's going to be yeah I'm working on a book too, but, um, Yay. it's, um, I work with the youth for, since 2011 and, um, to help them find their voice. And mm -hmm. so uh, the title that I had, um, I was really happy with, and most everyone was happy with, and I went to another, uh, group and networking group and they didn't think it was it was a hot or not kind of thing you know but the title that I had was the gift every child needs their voice and it's just talk it's just going to be the stories of all the kids that I have worked with that came to um, a realization the power of their voice and how it changes their lives from that moment on in everything they do to be a stronger communicator to be able to be vulnerable and authentic and know that we, um, what they have to say is worth us hearing. So I think that's a really powerful title. Yeah. I, I, I was really surprised because I, I had gone almost a year <laughs> things. So, um, that that's the book that I, um, am in process of writing, but I, I'm anxious to get it out. And I, and I'm working on pulling in interviews from kids that now are in college or working that at 10 and 12 worked with me. So, oh, um, wow. That must be incredible. Yeah. It's, it's so fulfilling to see the difference. And um, most of my courses with the kids are um, eight or 10 weeks long, sometimes 12 weeks, but you see such a change in them. 
Wow. But that's enough about me. Let me share information about you so that those that are here can get in touch with you and, and learn more about all the things that you have for them. As I always tell you, if you're listening into this on the podcast audio, that you will need to grab a paper and pencil so that you can get this information down. And her website is for those that are just listening, HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash www.alara sage is S-A-G-E. So A-L-A-R-A-S-A-G-E dot com. Alara. I said that wrong again. Did I? Alara. (laughs) Alara Sage. So the I have, I have a Lara Sage in my family. So I'll just remember that alarasage.com and Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn. You can just find her by that Alara Sage. I'm going to let her talk to you about her call to action, the things that you uh, can find on her website and uh, some gifts that she might have for you there. So go ahead, Alara. Excellent. Yeah. So the call to action is the three steps to self-trust because as we spoke about today, you know, everything is really this cultivating this relationship mm-hmm. with ourself. And that really begins with self-trust. So there's three videos, the boundaries of self, the honesty of self, and the showing up for self. And these are the ways that we cultivate that self-trust. And on my website, I have a lot of video links and just a lot of resources and ways that you can hear more of what I bring to the table and the wisdom that I bring forth. And I'm always available to connect to people. You know, I truly, truly love connecting to people. So Mm -hmm. I always invite people to reach out. Awesome. So it has been such a a pleasure talking to you that we have so many uh, things, I think synergies in common with um, what we do. And, and I, always tell people, I don't feel that I'm a influencer. I feel that I'm a connector and that's what I love to do. I, I not, I know that I can't help everyone, but I love to be able to find people that can help you. And, uh, it gives me great pleasure to do that. So it's wonderful meeting you and I wish you all the best. Uh, I always end with uh, a reminder that life is a journey. And it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nettling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nettling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.